two. Testing. One, two. One, two, three. Testing one, two. So we're on? All right. Good evening, class. How are you? Anybody healed tonight? Healed? Are you are you walking in healing? <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. healed. I'm healed every day, right? I speak it. It's a maintenance program, right? <laughs> I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. But, man, what, there were some great healings here. Sunday, yeah. Amen. 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 Good encounter. Yes. Susan. Yeah, different ones. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I've got a cane in my office from somebody that walked out of here without it. Hallelujah. Yes. God is awesome, isn't he? Yes. So it's just amazing that this is happening right as we are studying healing right here. Praise God. The gospel of healing. Everybody know what gospel means? Good news. Good news. You bet. <laughs> Thank you. The good news is, man, if you were sick, I would think the good news of healing would really be a pretty powerful thing, amen? So, yeah, the good news, sometimes we forget that, but it's the good news of healing. Brother John taught last week, did a great, or the last time we met, did a great job. We are on point number four here of some practical directions. Number one, you've got to be fully persuaded of the Word of God in this matter. We've spent a lot of time in chapter 1 going over probably 20 different scriptures that from the Old Testament to the New Testament that says God will heal you. God will heal you. That's a pretty simple statement, isn't it? You know, Exodus, what is it, fifteen twenty six? I am the Lord your God that heals you. I want to heal you. It's his desire. You know, 3 John, verse 2, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper so god wants us in good health isn't that good i'm glad i serve a good good father so number one you got to be fully persuaded number two be fully assured of the will of god to heal you there are some people that don't that do not think that it's god's will to heal so i run into them all the time and you have to kind of educate them and that's kind of what the purpose of this class is to let them know that yeah yep it's god's Perfect will to heal you. Then number three, we kind of finished off on this. That's just a quick uh, summary here. But be careful that you are yourself right with God. And in my little pamphlet here that I uh, put together when I had COVID back on December 29th, 2020, actually, I deal with that a little bit about removing any hindrances to your healing. Number one, disobedience. Two, unconfessed sin, indifference, number three, to God's word, and number four, unforgiveness. And I've got the scriptures here on this. Did everybody get a copy of this little pamphlet? I can't remember if we ran y'all one or not. Is that what it was? Okay. If you would like to, you bet. It's, it kind of guides us. It's kind of a, a more condensed version of this book. So, so yeah, it will... Uh, 
I'm, I'm going to put it into a little tract form at some point, so so we will have it. You need the key. Okay. So anyway, uh, it's very important that uh, we are right with God, right? Uh, he says here, often our sickness is but a moral malady contracted by our getting on Satan's territory. We're on the bottom of page nine until we get out of the forbidden place. So, again, it's very important, you know, that we understand that we need to be right with God. Sheila mentioned that here. Let me try try that one. So, uh, number four, that's the one we're going to start on tonight, on the top of page ten. Again, I'm just excited about revival that's... Uh, it's happening. Pop, 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 pop. She's already talking about what are we going to do with all the people. She's thinking ahead. I like it. Amen. Drag in chairs. There we go. We had nearly two. Yeah. Awesome. We, uh, for a funeral we had here, we had nearly 200, and we opened these doors up and had row after row after row right in here where they could still kind of see uh, inside there. So, Yeah, J John. Amen. All in his timing, and it's all coming together. Share the load, right? Not too worried. Amen. So anyway, that's exciting. It is very, very exciting. Yeah. So we've got to get ready for it. Awesome. I saw that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Awesome. So if you're listening to this a year later, two years later, we're excited right now. We're in the midst of revival here at the house, and uh, and hopefully we're still in revival when you listen to this two years later. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, yes. So, number four, now commit your body to him after you've gone through these other three steps. And claim his promise of healing in the name of Jesus by what? Simple faith. God has already done everything that he can do, right? It's up to us to what? Claim it. It's our, you know, go in and, you know, we told the children of Israel, go in and possess, possess the land. Healing, it's here. Salvation is here. Healing is here. Deliverance is here. It's all hanging here on the meat hook, right? But you have to go in and say, I'm taking it. That's mine, and uh, it's and I'm having it. I don't care what sickness it is. It, it's, 
I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. So, okay. Give her that mic here, Colin. I had a 45-minute rant with Jared last night about healing and so on. And uh, he said the exact same thing you did. And said it like the exact same way you did. It was like just almost verbatim confirmation just lined right up. You know, well, you know, if you know, he said by his stripes we were healed. Not we will be healed. Not we might be healed. But we are. We were. Past tense. It's done. Amen. Isaiah 53, and then 1 Peter, what is it, 3, yeah, yeah, he, Peter preaches and says, you, it's already been done, so we have to claim it. Uh, he says here under paragraph number 2, do not merely ask for it, but humbly, humbly and firmly claim it as his covenant pledge, as your inheritance, as a purchased redemption rights, as something already fully offered you in the gospel and waiting only on your acceptance to make good on your possession. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a great difference between asking and claiming, between wanting and taking. Right? It's mine, and I'm God promised it to me. I'm getting it. Get aggressive. We talked about that under point two Sunday. Remember that? Uh, stop making excuses. Number two. Get aggressive. Go get it. I'm convinced a lot of people don't have a lot of things in life because they just don't get aggressive enough to, you know, to go out and, and, and grab it, possess it. What is that scripture says? In your something, possess ye the land. In your, oh man, can't think of the, the word that goes in there. But yeah, possess, possession is so Im, important. So uh, it's a good thing to prepare for the solemn act of committal and appropriating faith. It ought to be a very deliberate and final step in the nature of things. It cannot be repeated like the marriage ceremony. It's the signalizing and sealing of a great transaction and depends for its value upon the reality of the union which it seals. Before we take this step, we ought to weigh every question thoroughly and then regard them as forever settled and then step out solemnly, definitely, irrevocably on new ground, on God's promise, with the deep conviction that it is forever. Amen. Why don't you wish everybody understood divine healing? You know, we're going to talk later here about the fact that in the Old Testament, there's not, nothing mentioned hardly ever about medicine or doctors or anything. It was, you know, God, the whole time Israel was journeying, that 40 years, God took care of them, didn't he? Even right down to their shoes. Their shoes didn't wear out. There was... Uh, Psalms, I think, said there was not one of them sick you know, the whole time. Now, some of them were wiped off the face of the earth because of disobedience, right? God opened up a hole and swallowed them up because of their lack of faith, but uh, God took care of them. So he goes on here and talks about, uh, on the bottom of page 10, uh, let's see here. Of course, such a person will at once abandon all remedies and medical treatment. God has become the physician, and he will not give his glory to another. God is healed, and all human attempts at helping would imply a doubt of the reality of the healing. What do you all think about that? It's uh, Again, that's pretty strong 
pretty strong stuff there, Brother John. So when I went through the class, <coughs> I wrote down here what I said, and I said that God is my healer and provider. And you said that I only go to the doctor to confirm the work that's already been done in me. I still have that in my notes here, too, yeah. And I, and I think I used the example of Andrew Womack. Yep. You know, anybody ever heard of Andrew Womack, worldwide uh, ministry? He's teaching has a Bible college, I don't know, several Bible colleges, but he was a Baptist guy that uh, started diving into the Word of God, got more revelation uh, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, about healing. Again, the old Baptist boy just come alive after a few few weeks in his room, just in a prayer room, just fasting and praying and seeking God, and God gave him revelation like he did Paul, you know, just uh, uh, divine revelation. He started preaching, and of course, the Baptist kicked him kicked him out he started preaching here and there just an old if you ever heard his voice you'd swear he uh <laughs> he's from the hills of, te of texas you know y'all you know that type thing but man revelation just powerful anointed but he uh Yeah, he, he's, several years ago, he was getting ready to build a larger building, you know, I think, I think his headquarters now is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, or maybe Gunnison, somewhere in Colorado, but uh, needing some money just to get it kind of, so he went to the banker, anyway, they wanted him to do an exam, you know, a physical exam, they went, trying to hurry this up, but went through a physical exam, and the doctor told him, you've got this, and this, and this, and this, wrong with you, and uh, he jumped up he didn't jump up. He raised up off the table and said, that's a lie. Just like that to that doctor. And that doctor like, whoa. You know, and sure enough, he went home and prayed and uh, sought God for a week or two, went back, and every test that they run, he was, you know, doctor said, I don't know what happened, but yeah, you're right, <laughs> you know, type thing. So uh, very, very powerful. Uh, a test, and I wrote that down, to confirm what God has already done now again if uh, you know we have to be careful as ministers you know you've got someone that is on uh, you know 10 different medication or something and it may be heart uh, medication blood pressure all this stuff I've counseled someone recently uh, and told them it's your you know I'm not going to make the decision for you I don't want the liability of that you know as a pastor I know God can heal you You've got to see it. You've got to line up with these two or three things. You've got to believe it's the will of God. You've got to be fully, fully persuaded. You've got to blah, blah, blah. But I said, uh, well, lo and behold, uh, she, she uh, went off of, uh, I think, nearly 20 different medications and has been off of them for uh, five or six months now, just uh, walking in divine healing. So, uh, amen. And, again, I don't want to... Uh, sound like I'm totally against doctors because as we talked last week even Oral Roberts the great man of faith that he was uh, I believe there is a you know a purpose for them you know when I when I have a, a uh, well, I had 11 stitches in my ankle one time a few I was on a horse and ran through a fence and they're, they're good to sew you up and do some things to to help you you know but God is the healer every time 
mean, if you don't believe there's a healing God, every time you get a, you know, I've got had a big old dog scratch here for several weeks, but have you ever noticed how it just heals back up? Isn't that the healing power of God? Even on a scratch? I just thought of that just now. That's the healing. And scars, are, you know, there's an old song about that. They're a sign of healing, aren't they? So, uh, anyway, just uh, again, uh, act on your faith. I oh, know we're on the wrong page here. So, number four, I think we've about uh, wrapped it up. Uh, one thing he does say here that I do like uh, we can take Christ for our faith. This is the top of 11. As we took him for our justification. I have no doubt that I'm saved. I've been justified. Isn't that good? I've been justified by faith. Why can I not take the faith of healing too, right? You and Jared? Yeah, it was how can I, I think his example was you could line up six people on either side of the pastor at the front of the church. Six of those people are up there to receive salvation. The other six, uh, the other six are up there to receive healing. The six, you ask them, are you saved now? And they all, yeah, mm, yes, mm, yes, undoubtedly, yes, I am. And then you look at the other six and, okay, well, you're healed now. Do you, well, I mean, you can't, you don't know if they're healed. You know, they're going to have to go to the, they're going to have to do this. They're going to have to do that. But why, what, what happened to the faith between right here If I can 100% undoubtedly believe that my soul is safe in the hands of the Lord, that I am that I am safe from any condemnation, damnation, eternal fire, <laughs> why can I not believe that he can disappear a tumor? I won't say shrink. I'll say disappear it. I'll say, you know, cure a headache or, or common mm. cold or, you know, whatever it may whatever. be. Why, why do I completely, with all of my being, believe that he can save the entirety of the human race, but he can't fix a bone scar? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's mind-boggling. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. don't think churches we've talked about this but they're not discipling like they they should and uh, again it's I'm glad that uh, in fact I had someone ask me just, just in, within the last week something about you know we've been to some of these mega churches and you know they get people saved but there's no discipling there and I said well at our church you'll find there's a lot of we have discipleship class literally on Wednesday night and I said we have a minister's training and he said you know, he, he knew we were a smaller church. He's like, wow. He said, yeah, we're training up young men and women, sending them out and, uh, you know, to do the works of Jesus. You know, we don't, we don't mess around. You know, hallelujah. So, next point is act your faith. Will the symptoms sometimes still be there? Could be. Could be. John, you had to symptoms the day that you got out of bed you had to make yourself get up didn't you yeah. Kenneth Hagin was healed as a young man here's the great faith teacher Kenneth Hagin himself he's a teenager he heard something on the radio or a preacher or something came in and told him 
and he started reading the Word of God. He'd been laying there in bed for months. can't remember his disease, but one, one day the Holy Spirit told him, it's time for you to act on your faith and start walking this out. He couldn't even walk. He had to you know, stand on the side of his bed, and his legs were shaking and everything else, but he took one step. go through, mm-hmm. uh, like if you're discharged from the hospital and then you go into rehab for 90 to 100 days. like Jeff right now, yeah. Yeah, because you have to strengthen yourself once you've been laying invalid for a while yeah. and Good stuff point. like that. Plus, the longer you sit, uh, you can have a lot of bone tissue that is adding up in your spine, and I know that has happened to me, and so... As much as it hurts, I have to move. I have to walk out that my back is healed, you know, and just denounce uh, and rebuke any thoughts that come against that. Right. Yes. You might still have symptoms, but it's almost like the Holy Spirit equips you to deal with those symptoms, and then it just... And they're sitting there, and they're literally going to be, you know, actively dying. You know they are. You're giving them morphine and everything. You take away all of the 30 medicines, and I'm not stretching that number, and there's no difference. The blood vital signs are the same. The blood sugar is the same. The level of consciousness is the same. Everything is the same. So it just, there's Hmm. minimal effects, plus number of those medicines that you take all have to go filter through the liver at different sizes of molecules and that causes toxicity which causes disease there you go so it's like a dog chasing its tail sometimes isn't it country boy way alive in your heart doesn't it so acting out your faith and we mentioned this particular uh, verse right here Sunday in John 5 remember the the guy that had been lame for 38 years he was the one that had the excuses and Jesus says get up take up your bed and walk Uh, not to show your faith or display your courage but because of your faith begin to act as one that is healed. I bet we told the lady that was prayed for uh, cancer, two or three different ones. I know I walked around and said it several times. Keep saying, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed because the minute she walks out of here, you know, she, I don't know her that well, but probably not a devout believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew the enemy was going to jump on her shoulder and say, yeah, that was just an emotional deal going on there at church and blah 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 and you got sucked into it and you're not healed you're not healed uh, so you gotta you gotta act I'm healed I'm healed you know period end of discussion devil I'm healed God's word said it I believe it that settles it yeah
and we wonder. Yes. Catches you alone. No You're out of the environment of the atmosphere yeah. of the healing presence of God. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. It's like he's not going to give up on you. He's going to try and make you doubt God all the way. I said I. What I'm developing for the youth upstairs, the 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 main boss in the game of life is the devil, and his three main weapons are deceive, demoralize, destroy. I've got oh, a sermon like called Five D Words the Devil Uses on You yeah. somewhere. But yeah, that, that's probably yeah. part of them right there. Deceive, demoralize, and destroy. He will deceive you into believing that you do not get healed. He will demoralize you because you believe you will believe that your faith is never going to be good enough to be to get healed, and then he will destroy your faith by making you believe that you will never be healed. Yeah. Yes. Whatever you believe. Whatever the faith, whatever your faith, you're setting your faith upon, those are the three main tools, the three main weapons of the you enemy. You have to what deceive, you say, don't demoralize, you? and destroy. You become what you think. Correct. You have what you say. Mm -hmm. Power of life and death are still in the tongue. Thank you. Don't let anybody else say the word too. Don't. Yeah. Because it's about to be right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Let's go home right to Kumar and see if he's yeah. going to be right now. Right. Exactly. She got saved. So it's going to come time. Amen. Amen. So, uh, number two, be prepared 
or I don't know if this is number two, but the way I've, I started with the faith drill is number one, act your faith. Number two, be prepared for trials of faith. Let the trying of your faith, what? You know, was it Peter? May be found more precious than gold. And we've been talking about it here for several minutes. Your faith is going into the fire. You're going to be tried. It's going to happen, not just uh, Monday and Tuesday, but it's going to happen. You know, just about every day, some little way, he's going to put a thought. You know, we just went through the series on renewing your mind, the battlefield of the mind. You've just got to to uh, realize I'm going to be attacked today. I'm going to put him in his place today. I'll have to put him in his place this afternoon again. Tonight, before I go to bed, he's going to plant some little thought. I'm going to have to put him back in his place. He has no authority except what you give him. The devil has no authority. You have authority over him. Exusia, uh, uh, we talk about it a lot, delegated authority. So, hallelujah. Be prepared, though, for it. Uh, he quotes Colossians 3.3 3 here. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God, but Christ is your life and the life you now live in the flesh. You live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Do not then wonder if nature still will often fail you. His healing is not nature, it is grace. It is Christ. It is the bodily life of the risen Lord. Anyway, number three, it is Christ who is your life. Christ's body for your body as his spirit was for your spirit. Therefore, do not wonder if there should be trials. They've come to show your need of Christ and throw you back upon him. Uh, put on his strength in your weakness and live in it moment by moment. And then I like the example here towards the end of that paragraph. As an eagle uh, stirs up her nest and tumbles out her young in midair to compel them, underline that, to reach out their little pinions and train them to fly. So God often pushes us off all our own props and confidences to compel us to reach out the arms and wings of faith. Hallelujah. Good example, huh? Amen. But for the sacrifice of Isaac, Abraham never could have attained as he did to the faith of the resurrection. He had to lay it all on the altar, didn't he? Even his even his son to the point of killing his own son. So next one, use your new strength and health for God. Be careful to obey the will of the master. Uh, I like what he says here in this first paragraph under that about a living sacrifice. We just preached on that, didn't we? Present yourself, what? As a living sacrifice. Yield yourself, surrender yourself. Uh, nor is it enough for us to use it for ourselves. We must testify, there we go, of it to others. Lisa's been doing that, telling, uh, you know, Leanne, and now her, she's telling her mother, and I just see this, you know, the word getting out more and more and more. There's a church in town that believes in divine healing. You know, some of the uh, new family that was here the last couple weeks, they just said, man, it's so refreshing to go to a church where you actually allow the Holy Spirit to move. What just want to say? Mm -hmm. 
that the more people we get here that's here that's looking for the authenticness of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the, you know, that not, it's not a program and all those things that, that we've been talking about that nobody is hungry or thirsty for anymore. We, are, we don't need social. Yeah. We know what's going on. We know that what age we're living in. Mm-hmm. When they all get that and go back to their people and they want to get their family and friends saved, they're going to be coming here and we have to be ready. That's why I know, I know that I know that we got to have more room. Hallelujah. Woo. All right. In agreement. And And just like the test of faith, the same thing goes for this church. Because when those doors start opening and people start coming in with an expectation, well, who else showed up with those people? Oh, that would be the Pharisees with Jesus. They would come in. They would question him. They would plot against him. They would try to trap him. Oh, yeah. The devil's going to come in the door with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Be ready. Pray you have to be prepared and be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If, if just this minister's training class, there's, what, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, if we just get in agreement, and then Jen will, too, I know. Yeah, it, it's going to be amazing. God can do. Uh, six o'clock Wednesdays. Doesn't matter whose name is on the title. I've done it many times, and the parking lot. <laughs> Six o'clock Wednesday nights upstairs. I'm praying. There you go. There's a prayer warrior. Okay, we better. You're welcome to join. Get back in here. You're welcome. Uh, We're over here on page 12. Uh, Use your new strength and health for God. We tell other everybody, don't we? Hallelujah. We uh, let them know. We testify of it. The world needs this gospel of healing. Does it not? The pagan. Yeah, the pagan nations need it as an evidence of Christianity. Doesn't the word tell us that the last days, when it's going to be done like it was, that all the all the good things are going to be happening, the spirit's going to be moving? I, I quoted it Sunday, Joel 2, 28, 29. Yes, it is. Joel, Joel 2, 28, 29. 29. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. Amen. And then he goes into the, the young men and the young women and the old men and the old ladies. <laughs> what all is going to be going to be happening. So, yeah. Uh, it's coming. It's here. Hallelujah. The world needs it. This is not a faith that we can hold for ourselves. Anybody ever heard about a good deal at Walmart? Did you go home and call somebody up? Oh, man, they got the blue light special down there on aisle seven, man. Better get in on that. And uh, so that that's uh, that's what we've got to do. And make Jesus big and, and create desire for people. Yeah, 
I had this discussion with the youth upstairs just, uh, was it last week? Yeah, it was last week. Or no, not, not this last week, we had the back to school thing. But the week before, I said, how can you tell someone who believes that Bigfoot is real? They don't shut up about it. They will try to convince you. They will show you article after article, picture after picture, rumor after rumor. They do not shut up about it. They will talk it to you until you believe it too. Why are we not doing the same thing as Christians? Exactly. Same way with UFOs. Or yes, exactly. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's, uh, and even with uh, the, uh, the homosexual lifestyle, they just keep shoving it, shoving it, shoving it until you're, until you're going to agree with it. Brother John, go ahead. whatever theoretical problem that they that they have but it's so difficult for people to go out and even wear a house shirt or a shirt that says I love Jesus or Jesus saves mm -hmm. or if you want healing come find Jesus yeah. it's just happened in the last 20 years too yeah. in times yeah. in times you'd be surprised how many people actually stop me because I have that I have a shirt that says uh, choose prayer over panic you would be amazed how many people stop me and say I'm so happy to see you wearing that shirt. And I'm like, well, here's where I got it. You go get your own. There you go. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. Page 13 at the top. First paragraph. Thus let us claim and keep and consecrate this great gift of the gospel and the grace of God. And now he quotes 1 Thessalonians 5.23 here. May the God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. So, hallelujah. Yeah, that's almost like the uh, uh, number 623 prayer there, the blessing, you know. Uh, make it, May his face shine upon you. And, yeah, the Nisian Creed, yeah. Okay, chapter 3. Do, are there people that object to healing? <laughs> so number one objection is that the age of miracles is past. I didn't get that memo, did y'all? I didn't get that one. I, I got my Bible, though, and it says something different, you know. Uh, and there were, like I said, several here Sunday, so it's going to be hard to uh, accept this, isn't it? When you've been healed... We know that this objection is like, uh, we're going to say hogwash. Is that, that's a country boy term, but uh, the age of miracles is not past. Amen? And we're going to find that out. Uh, he talks here, you know, a lot of you just went through the book on ages and, and dispensations. This, this guy uses some different terms here. He talks about some ages, but he uses some different connotations than we do. In paragraph 2, he says, There have been and shall be various ages. And dispensations, uh, paradisical, antediluvian, we talked about that some, patriarchal, mosaic, he's talking about law, Christian, grace, we might say is, you know, comparison to what we learned, millennial would be the divine uh, kingdom, and then eternal, so he uses some different uh, wording there, he said we're not in the patriarchal or mosaic, we're not in the millennial, we must therefore be in the Christian, or we call it grace. 
but perhaps there are two or three Christian ages, one for Christ and his apostles and one for us, and yet Paul says he lived in these last days. So even back then when Paul was alive, he was calling it the last days. I mean, you know, one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years. I don't know when this dispensation is going to end for you, but I, I know it's closer than it was yesterday. Yeah, it's rolling. So uh, anyway, it goes into that, uh, and I've got the word digression here in the next uh, paragraph. But perhaps there was to be a great gulf between the first and the last periods of this age. Perhaps it was only to begin with special manifestations of divine power and then sh shade down into sober commonplace. Why then would Joel say that the signal outpouring of the Holy Spirit should be, quote, in the latter Days and the special gifts of the Spirit to the handmaids and servants and the preternatural, man, that's a mouthful, signs and wonders both in earth and heaven should be specially here for the coming of that great and terrible day of the Lord. That is, towards the close of the Christian age and prior to the advent. How many knows there's already been one advent? There's going to be another advent. Hallelujah. Uh, and then he talks about Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 there, about the gifts being important. Uh, jump on down to the next paragraph. What made the apostles more mighty than ordinary men? Anybody got an idea? Huh? All right. Anybody else? Did you read ahead? It was the gift of the Holy Spirit, amen? Once he, you know, until he left, and he told him that, uh, for this, you know, this will not happen until I'm glorified. But once he left, and once they got the upper room experience with the Holy Spirit, those men were never, ever the same again. How could you be? Good job, Lisa. How could you be? Once you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know how anyone, and yet sometimes people, you know, in churches do go back. I'm like, wow, how in the world? Uh, there's a song that says, I never want to go back to my old life. I need you more. Somewhere along the way, they've quit filling the cup, haven't they? Well, uh, along, that, along those lines, uh, something that I've noticed with, oops, uh, with any story dealing with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or like major miracles working, with every person there's an incubation period, kind of almost kind of like a gestational period for a new birth, for being born again. Development. Yeah, development. Um, and see, when, when the apostles, their gestation period was spent with Jesus. And then upon the receival of the Holy Spirit, they became fully, it, it, it was fully manifested. With Paul, who came later, he spent 13 years, 14 years in a, in a gestation, basically, yep, yep. confirming and going through scripture with a comb, making sure that he knew exactly what he, what he believed, basically. And that he could matter-of-factly say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and I've got all of this to back it up. Yeah. And 
and it was only after that that he went, and it was only after that that he three did, years in Arabia, he, yeah. yeah, yeah, that he did miracles, because he did miracles too. But it was only after he had that gestational period. I think a lot of the problem is that people today they get they 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 get people hyped up, they're excited, you know, they get saved. And they say, okay, go out and tell everybody. But they've got no foundation. They have no gestation. Right. They have no, yeah, they have no discipleship. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this, that right. discipleship is the, is the gestation. Yeah. Well, Rebecca said something at the start that, you know, she's got to completely reprogram uh -huh. herself to how many years of the other? Even as a child, yeah. But you, you, you had been taught in the denom. Yeah. Well, if that ain't the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I said, well, if that ain't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Now say that again. What was? I've always remembered, always, I've never ever lost that memory um, of God coming, and I believe it was God, let's say his spirit, it was light, I, it came as light, it was very, just like, and and, the, and his presence was. Even when you were in the womb? In the womb. Of your mother? Of my mother. You remembered this? Two different times. Mm -hmm. Wow, I have never heard that. Chill bumps on this. That doesn't wow. come from my ability. My mom asked me, and I told her this um, a few years ago. And so she questioned me, and she wanted to know what was going on. And and the first time, I liked being in the womb a lot. I was really happy in there. I remember that. And um, utopia. <laughs> well, and I and I heard. I could hear things outside of the I room. believe that. The, the scientific research even says that. And it was always very happy. It was um, probably why I was so happy in there. And then one day it wasn't. And there was shouting and yelling. And I couldn't have probably told you that it was shouting and yelling, but it was very um, awful. And I was very scared. I was very scared. And that's the first time the Lord came to me. I don't really remember what he said. I just know that when the light and there was wow. his presence, I was ecstatic. Yeah. And then the next time, it was um, getting really cramped, and it was kind of hard. And I was getting scared again because I wasn't able to move around. To move around. And, and, and basically, he came back, and he said that, uh, I was, that it was it was close to being time, and I was going to be long. And I was going to be leaving, and I didn't want to. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I was, I was like, no, I don't want to do well, that. But um, in fifty years of ministry, I've never heard this. Mm -hmm. Blesses my socks. And when my mom asked me about the first time, 
Um, and I told her, and, sh and then she told me exactly what had been going on. And, and, uh, and there was shouting, and yeah, she knew what I was talking about. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Well, I know there's, when I was pastoring in Hobbs, there was a lady that was on our uh, worship team and in our, in our quartet, and she was pregnant, and she had read that, uh, uh, you know, about music, playing music, starting your second trimester or third, they can already start hearing, and she started uh, playing our design. We had a group called Divine Touch, and that would just calm, that little Chick-fil-A in here, that would just calm that little, because she would be there practicing these songs, and then she would play the CD, you know, later to learn her part or just to listen to, and that little baby would start moving around in there, so there's no question you Hanging out with us here lately, we're ruining you, I guess, right? No, you're too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. Well, well, I hope you're growing and learning, and, and we're learning from you. That's kind of what it's all about, isn't it? God gives us. Anyway, back to uh, chapter 3. What made the apostles more mighty? It was the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm leaving. But I'm leaving you someone who will abide with you forever. In my name, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You're going to preach the gospel of repentance, and they're going to get saved. And lo and behold, they come out of that upper room in Acts chapter 2, and uh, Peter, the old fisherman, gets up and preaches a, a, a simple sermon, and 3,000 people receive the, the Lord as their Savior. And, you know, at the end of that chapter, it says this promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off. And so here we are, you know, 2,000 years later, still preaching what Jesus said to preach, right? That's all I want to preach. I sure never want to preach or teach anything contrary to what he told us to teach or preach. Amen? We're not looking for something new, are we? You know, everything's already been done. It's cross the resurrection so anyway we are just as mighty to say all that we are uh, just as mighty he says they were conferred in preeminent degree on Stephen the deacons even man hallelujah we need some deacons man Philip and others who were not apostles at all and they were committed by James to the ordinary and permanent eldership of the church nay the dear master never contemplated or proposed any post apostolate gulf of impotence and failure here's what's caused it man's unbelief and sin have made it 
the church's own corruption has caused it. Just an example like what she said. It doesn't line up with our doctrinal statement. So, shh, be quiet. Well, what about, no, shh, you know, be quiet. Well, it says, no, can't do it, you know. We better be preaching the truth, hadn't we? Hallelujah. Any, would you fix to say something, Lisa? I was just going to say something else that um, it was it, it's such an obvious thing, but I just personally never connected the dots. And then it came up in the conversation last night and it was he said, OK, well, how did Jesus tell us to pray? And he's like, our father who art in heaven. And I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, and he said, but he said, um, you know, thy will be done. And I was like, right. And he said, where? And I was like, well, on earth. And he goes as and I was like. Is, is in heaven and he was like right so it should be on earth as it is in heaven who's walking around with cancer in heaven I was like well, no. well, well, well nobody and, well nobody and he said right he, and then he said and then 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you know that the old has passed away and the new has come right and he was like so if the Holy Spirit if Jesus is dwelling within you do you think he said this is his new house this is his new you know residence do you think he left the, how did he say he said do you think he left the shutters tapping in the back and I was like no. this is Jared saying <laughs> yeah, this. yeah you know but it, you know he just he I, that's why I like to talk to him because he kind of like brings me around a little bit and, yeah. and you know but it was just he preaches such, doesn't he Oh, absolutely. We may have to have He's him He's an preach. evangelist, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he was just like, on earth as, and I was like, as it is in heaven. Well, who's got cancer in heaven? Well, nobody. Yeah. You know? But, yeah. it, it, but it's such a no-brainer, but I had never considered yeah. it. Yeah. I had never considered it. We get so hung up on, well, if it's God's will. But it's God's will that it is on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> well, he's he's a he's a businessman, but sounds like he's he's quite a preacher too. We're gonna have to. Jared has been here three times. He said he brought his mother. I think the last time he came, just about be six o'clock, kind of towards the back here. Yeah, Jonathan's boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. By himself usually, but anyway, here we go. Uh, the age of miracles is not past. If anybody ever tells you that uh, the age of miracles is past, ask them, say, have you ever read Hebrews 13, 8? They're going to go, uh, what, what, what's that? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why would he just heal in a certain age and not still heal today? No, me either. I've read it quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, Hebrews 13, 8, great scripture to uh, know. That's the one I just quoted there. So, objection number two. The same results as are claimed for faith in the healing of disease are also said to follow the practices of spiritualism, animal magnetism, clairvoyance, and all these other mystical, devilish, can I say it? Things. Demonic, there's a great word. Diabolical. You know, we can go plumb back to 
Exodus. Remember? Yeah, yeah, even there too. But to Exodus when uh, Moses was pleading with Pharaoh to let the Egyptians go. What did they do? They were able to, those magicians and sorcerers were able to mimic the first two or three things that they did. You know, and Pharaoh would go, yeah, even my boys <laughs> can can do that. And I think it says in this book, was it, didn't, it, didn't one of them eat up the part of the magicians or something? What was it? He ate up yeah. the staff. Yeah, ate it up. Just showing... been given authority and power over all powers of darkness. Look at the power there that we have authority over. Yes. Demonic forces still bow to the name of Jesus. Do they not? They still bow. When Jesus even came into the town where the demonic influence was so strong, remember that with the guy that was in chains and everything, he recognized instantly that there was a power greater than he that had just arrived and what did he say take it easy on me please take it easy on me and yeah 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 exactly even good say something about that john hand john that mic just say that john for for the tape here so when he when jesus came on the scene he ran up to jesus and he said what have you to do with me do with us before our time, which means that even the demons that are tormenting people know they have but a short time mm-hmm. before their time is finished. And then they ask for something a little lesser severe, right? Yeah. Don't cast us back. Well, he, he sends them into the pigs and they go and drown. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, and I'm just kind of going along with that whole deceive, demoralize, destroy it. This is a thought that I had a, a couple days ago. And it kind of pertains to this conversation about, you know, they know that their time is getting close to being done. So what's the most effective way for the devil to take as many souls with him as he can? He deceived society to believing that he didn't exist. And by, and by process of elimination, if the devil doesn't exist, he demoralized society by making them believe that God or convincing them that God doesn't exist and then destroys them by convincing them that we shouldn't exist what, what's transhumanism what's, what's the, the Georgia Guidestones the, the, they were talking about mass extinction of human life yeah that they've been, it's been talked about in certain circles in very powerful circles for decades and that's the devil at work. That is the devil saying, I'm taking you guys down with me mm-hmm. on a societal, on a global scale. And we're starting to see that and see what it really means to be in the last days when the, the church of the Antichrist is being set up. So mm-hmm. we better start believing this yeah. stuff hey, to man. counteract that. The master deceiver, and, mm-hmm. and the Bible says even the very elect could 
and we're yeah. seeing that cut the play. day short because the very elect themselves will be deceived. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing. Yeah, even. All out, big guns. Take as many out as possible. Take them out. No, not delay. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We better be hose. Interpose. Do you know what the, 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 the principle of interposition is? It actually comes from a, a principle for governing in the United States, the, the principle of the lesser magistrate. So we are to interpose against things like that because we know that every life is precious. And so we stand in the gap and saying, no, you cannot have these people. They belong to God. Amen. The We've ever prayed. The, yeah. And been involved in spiritual warfare. The time is now for America. You know, for, for Some way, yeah. Oh, right, right. So. Start getting a headache, things like that, yeah. Oh, I know, trust me. Huh? There you go, there you go. We need a lot, don't we? They are the spirits of devils, working miracles, gathering men from Armageddon. They are the revived forces of the Egyptian, mag Egyptian mag magicians, the Grecian oracles, the Roman the Indian medicine men. One of the last uh, demons I cast out of a young man was his grandfather was an Indian medicine man. Uh, right out there on the, on the, right there where that red car is at, right there. He came out of the car just running at me, and I, I was kind of like David and Goliath. And I ran at him. I said, you're going down right now. <laughs> they still bow the name of Jesus, believe me. They still, there's power. I just began to yell the name of Jesus as I was running at him. So, anyway, uh, that's enough. I think I've told you all that story anyway, but our Lord has expressly warned us of them, and they told us to test them. Uh, now, let me read the sentence before that. They are not divine. They are less than omnipotent, but they are more than human, okay? There's mediums, there's, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. There's Paul, you know, names off three or four different levels and degrees of, of uh, their power, but uh, <laughs> they still bow to the name of Jesus, don't they? And we should be making them bow, amen, and, and standing in our place and putting them in their place. And so here it mentions at the top of page 15, like the rod of Moses which swallowed the... <laughs> The magicians, we mentioned that a while ago, and at last silenced their limited power, the living forces of a holy Christianity in the physical as well as the spiritual world. We need men and women filled with the Holy Spirit, standing in their place for healing, for salvation, for deliverance, uh, and training people, raising up the next generation. So, objection number three. 
forgetting what time is it? Much that, a little bit five or so. Miracles of Christ and his apostles were designed just to establish the facts and doctrines of Christianity. We do not need their continuance. Really? Well, that's true. It sure is. Ouch. Like, you know? Oh, man, I really yeah. wish I was born 2,000 years ago so I could get some healing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stupid. There you go. Uh, it says here, how are the inhabitants of new countries to know the divinity of these oracles then? What access have they, or indeed the great masses of men everywhere, to the archives of learning or the manuscripts of the Bible? Nay, I like the way he says that. It shows that it's in the 1800s. Every generation needs, underline that triple time, needs a living Christ and every new community needs, quote, these signs following. I'm concerned about the generation coming up. They need to. hope. <laughs> yeah, legit. There yeah. it is, yeah. You know, so it, it brings a little bit of peace knowing that. And it comes back to good parenting, doesn't it? Train up a child. Train, <laughs> yeah, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, you may, all of us in this room, can probably, there was a season in our life, if you were trained in a Christian household, when you might have deviated, might have rebelled against it, but God's word is true once again. Yeah. How many children do you have? around my house we've got a couple on Bev's side of the family that are running from it but when I start seeing signs in their life that they're getting farther away I just remind myself they're coming in in Jesus name I just repeat it until the devil I said devil they're coming in they're coming in yeah, in that. <laughs> it may not again talking about symptoms a while ago the symptoms may still be there that they're doing this and doing that and you're getting these reports kind of boils back to whose report were you going to believe you know you just got to you sometimes want to just wring their necks and say grow up here you know type, type thing but you just got to keep they're, they're going to figure it out you know, we've, we've got one daughter that says that
Well, they've been, <coughs> they've been indoctrinated in the school system. They've been indoctrinated by the media, you know, college. We're going to see the tide changing in that. I do, but I am claiming that this liberal, uh, what's another word here that I can, socialistic agenda, uh, demonic. There you go. That's the, that's the word, power word I was looking for. It, it's going to stop. It's going to, there's going to be a turning and a shift of Yeah, the church is laid back. And elect officials that are godly, you know, today. I'll say, you know, just theoretically, you know, somebody walks in and they, you know, have a tumor somewhere and then they want to be healed and we pray over them and we declare in Jesus' name, you're healed by his stripes, you're healed, this is done, it is finished. Well, and then their daughter or their son comes and, well, why would you say that? And, you know, my grandpa died from cancer and he was a believer. Are you telling me he doesn't love Jesus? Well, that's, you know, that you don't know. And, and it's like this offense, this, mm. this, you know, this thing comes out and it's like, this isn't personal. Like, this is right. not me saying that right. old grandpa Joe was a bad person or didn't really love the Lord. This is a faith issue. This is a heart issue, you know, and it, yeah. it, but it, it comes right back to full circle where we're afraid to take responsibility for our faith so we don't receive our healing. And when I say we, I mean, you know, I've, I've stood there recently until Terry Flat told me one day and helped knock the scales off my eyes so I could see the forest for the trees, you know. And it takes somebody being bold with you and being honest with you saying, okay, no, you need to stop and you need to, you need to really consider, the, do you believe the word? Do you believe what the Bible says? Then if then statements. You know, if right, this is right. this, then then is, this is this, you know, but it, it always comes back to that offense and people want to get offended and they want to yep. take it personally, you know, and it, it <laughs> just, it stands in the way of so much. Yeah. And it's been promoted, you know, that woke, you know, yeah, cancel culture, the whole, the devil, all of those are tricks of the, of the devil. But yeah, and, and you've heard me say it from the pulpit, that there's a time to be loving and kind and there's a time to grab them, you know, and pull them out of the fire. You know, Jude says that, you know, and pulling them out of the fire, you know, type stuff. Exactly. Amen. <laughs>
let's stand up. We're uh, about to wrap up here. So we got through number three. Basically, we'll start. I'm telling you, yeah. Me too. We'll start on the top of page 16 if somebody will go in there and publish this. Do you know, Colin, do you know how or John, do you? Show, show John too while he's...